Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. The voice of massive magic fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. Episode number seven. Welcome, boys. What's going on? What's yeah. up? Excited I'd like to, to believe by now that everyone knows who we are, but just in case you don't, don't remember, Al, what's up? What's up? Justin. What's going on, guys? And joining us today for the very first time, Wit. Say hello, Wit. What's happening? Orlando welcome, welcome, Magic Wit. fans. All I'm right. very excited to be here. Thank you. Good. So now that we have Wit for the very first time with us, Wit, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. I, I'm, my name is Mike Witt, born and raised here in Orlando, Florida. Been a diehard fan since day one. Seen the generations and the team evolve through the years. But I'm really excited to see how the team has grown with the community. And we have a generation of fans really embracing the team and taking us uh, to the next level and cheering, cheering the team on. Born and raised in Orlando, like legitimately born and raised. Born and raised, man. I am also, so it's really good to know that there's another one. Is, is there <laughs> yeah. anyone else? Is Marco no. here? No, no, no one definitely else. Actually, a Mar- Marcus. Marcus, yes. but like Kissimmee or Orlando? Kissimmee. Yeah. Kissimmee yeah. counts. We gotta check the hospital records. <laughs> if it says Kissimmee, and it, doesn't, it doesn't fully count. Um, so, Wit, you're you're uh, a season ticket holder, right? Long time season. Yeah, ticket how long? The tickets have been within the family and friends for since the beginning. We're, we believe there's a 60th season ticket sold. Wow. And I think right now we're the most senior season ticket holder right now. That is the awesome. most senior? Yeah, at, we're at least the top five. Of, we can't confirm all that. all the season ticket holders? Yeah, because of all the years and generations passing on. I, we, we know we're in the top ten. I heard six. This was like four years ago. And I think we're pretty close to the number one spot. That is wow. awesome. Yeah, seen a lot of basketball. Al, is there a way for you to talk to your ticket guy to confirm? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna make that call. Yeah, double check. Yeah. I'll, no, I'll, I'll, we'll double check that. But uh, I'm, I feel very confident with that answer. Yeah, right, well, I'm. We're excited to have you on just to be able to have the the OG perspective. Yeah, I feel like you're definitely gonna bring that on. So we're excited. All right, but let's let's get to what we're here to do. Let's get let's jump into the numbers. Let's do it. All right, so currently right now we are 10 and 11. We're just one game under 500. All right, see in the east, we are in eighth. So we've been holding that the the eighth and ninth place, and we're, mm-hmm. we're solidified in the eighth right now. Uh, offense points per game, we're 103.5 averaging, which ranks us 29th in the NBA. Three-point percentage is 33%, which puts us at 27th. Offensive rating, 104.7, which puts us at 24th in the league. Defensively, points allowed, we're at 103.4, we're, which puts us at third. Blocks, 6.6. Um, per game, which puts us at third. Defensive rating, one of, uh, 105, which puts us at 11th. So we had a lot of games this past week. Uh, we played against the Warriors, the Wizards, and the Suns. Now, the Warriors wasn't your, your typical Warriors that we're used to, right? Not it's, at all. It's no. a new generation of Warriors, um, w- which we had a really hard-fought game. 32 points for Fournier, 19 points for Ross. A lot of things went on this game. Let's get your insights. How do we feel about the Warriors game? Al, let's start with you. So you guys know I'm a big Curry fan, right? So it was kind of weird being at a Warriors game in Orlando without Curry playing. Um, but at the same time, it was just like a G League out there with Draymond Green. And it seemed like we really struggled that game to, to put it away. 
Uh, it took a lot of work in the fourth quarter. It came down to the last few possessions to secure that win. Um, but then again, we won the game. That's all I cared about. I, I kept looking at people around me at the arena, just win the game, and they did. So I'm happy with the result. Uh, my boy Justin's uh, Evan Fournier went off, 32 points, uh, which has been a consistent thing for him lately. So it was a good game, and, and I'm glad we pulled, away, uh, pulled off that win. Yeah, so for that game, I mean, I was super excited about Evan's performance. Obviously, anytime Evan can put up 20 or more points, I'm super ecstatic about it. Uh, but the the good thing to see, I would say even more so than Evan's production, is the fact that Ross uh, is producing again. I think it was really important for us, especially coming off the bench and getting those, uh, you know, those guys off the bench, that bench unit involved and excited to play basketball again. And I think a lot of that has to do with the point production from Terrence Ross. Uh, so that, w- that would be the biggest takeaway uh, for me in that in that uh, Golden State game. Yeah, it's one of those must-win games that, you know, when you have a team that is struggling and they come to your home, you got to win those games, right? right. But I would tell you, um, Pascal and Robinson, they controlled the inside of that game. They, that, they kept them in it. They, they were powerful. We didn't have an answer for that until we started hitting shots from the outside. So that's kind of been the theme with this team, I think, all season so far. If you look at the Golden State roster, I mean, Glenn Robinson led them in points with 19 points. Glenn Robinson uh, led them with 19 points. And then you had Pascal with 17 points as well. So really just taking advantage of the fact that the Golden State Warriors are a weak team. And just like you said, Whit, this was a game that we had to win. This is a team that we should beat. Uh Um, If you compare the Warriors from last year, you know, we wouldn't ultimately consider that a loss. So the fact that we can take advantage of the Warriors and get the win was a really big deal. Um, Evan Fournier scoring 32 points in 35 minutes is huge for us. He's definitely filling the void of us not having Nikola Vucevic. You know, now you're starting to hear the talks of, or not necessarily talks, but the debate of, is Evan Fournier an all-star? Not, I'm not saying that he is, Justin, relax. I'm not saying that he is. <laughs> but, but the fact that we are debating whether or not, you know, do we consider him? Is he one of the top five shooting guards in the NBA or in, in the Eastern Conference? The conversation is starting, and his level of play is the reason that we're even having yeah, I that think, conversation. I think the fact that he's even, when you're when you're speaking about, uh, all-star probabilities even if you're not saying Evan is a probability you're like oh should we even talk about Evan Fournier the fact that he's the thought of Evan Fournier is entering the conversation uh, is important I do think that you know with with the the present state of the Warriors we probably should have beat him by a lot more uh, but I think that says a lot about you know how you and Wit or and Wit uh, spoke about their young guys um, I think Golden State just does a phenomenal job at drafting, and they can see potential when no one else sees it. And well, that's a championship culture, right? Yeah, that's right. That shows you how powerful that is. Yeah, and also that, and it's just a reminder that any given night, I mean, you're you're playing basketball in the NBA. Like these are professional players that they they are one of the best players in the whole entire world. So Mm -hmm. the fact that we didn't really win by that much goes to show you that you know any given night, any team can give it to you. Right. So. what Evan did that night is what we need uh, someone to do on our team is get those junk points. Mm-hmm. So they were, they were making some runs, and you know you get a, a six to ten point run, and then you need someone to make a shot or two to keep keep it down to a, a four to six point run rather than a double digit lead, right? And so he did that, and it was very effective. I mean, how big do you think that Markel Fultz nine assists does for our team? We have a point guard that gave us nine assists. 
That's yeah, crucial. Mar- Markel is is huge. I think, um, you know, we've seen it. We we've seen his ability, and I think he's he's kind of surprised a lot of people, especially Sixers fans who thought that he would never be successful in the NBA. Um, and then you know, looking at the Wizards game, that was another game where Markel went off. Um, it just felt like it kind of felt out of body, like it wasn't really the guy that struggled through all of these things. Um, but it, it was really good to see him kind of come back and be successful. So you mentioned the Wizards game, so let's jump into that one. So the Magic beat the Wizards 127-120. This was a game that Evan scores 31 points. Markel had his career high um, with 20 points, and then DJ scorches off the bench and drops 24. Um, Justin, what were your thoughts on that game? Uh, DJ totally took me by surprise. Um, I, di- I didn't see DJ being that guy. Uh, he's had, you know, offensive struggles for, I would say, most of this, if not all of this season so far. And he's never been a guy to play kind of that two guard role, which is how he got those 24 playing shooting guard like. Uh, so I was I was super impressed by DJ. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, that him playing the shooting guard where he's used to having the offense come through him. Right. He, he's filling out that spot and he's filling out where he's going to fit in with this team and this rotation. Right. And, and I think that's been the big problem from the beginning is people getting that continuity between positions and knowing spacing and where you are because in the NBA spacing is everything right it is and I mean that again just another performance where we looked like a totally different team because shots were going down so you got Evan Fournier of course as we said 31 points six out of eight from three-point range DJ Augustine 24 points seven I'm sorry four out of five in three-pointers so when the shots go down for this team, we just look like a totally different team. It was a, it was also a confidence thing for DJ. It yeah. felt like he just, he just knew his shots were gonna fall. He was shooting over guys that were, you know, what ten inches taller than him or, or whatnot. So it was really impressive. Um, you typically don't see a guy that's five ten playing shooting guard and dropping twenty four point shooting from range while contested. The well, way that DJ why played. is that? Because your point guard's attacking the rim, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at the most successful point guards in NBA, they attack. And they mm-hmm. just never stop attacking. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, if you look also uh, Gordon in that game, eighteen points, eleven rebounds. It felt like the beginning of something good for him, and of course, as we all know. That continued into the Phoenix game as well. I, I think, like Witt said, I think it's it's a little bit about everyone kind of now that we're about a quarter of the way through the season, everyone kind of understanding what their role is and how they have to play, what level of aggressiveness, yeah. uh, what level of focus, and what level of commitment is necessary for them to succeed at the role that they need to succeed in, and putting egos aside, understanding that if you want to be the guy and you're willing to sacrifice the team's success to be that then that's what you're going to do. The team's not going to succeed. And the team wins and succeeds when everybody plays their role. So how about, guys, Bradley Beal, 42 points in that game, simply unstoppable. Anthony, I'm going to ask you, how good would he look in a Magic jersey? He would look really good in a Magic jersey. <laughs> he would even look better in a City Edition jersey. Um, but, I, but I honestly think it really comes up to um, you know who the Magic are willing to give up and is it even worth it. Evan Fournier is just playing crazy right now. It, my concern is... You know, it is a contract year. Is he able to maintain that level of play? One, 
throughout the whole entire year. And then two, how does that look when Vujovic comes back? But Evan Fournier, he just went bananas. He had 31 points. I mean, consistently mm-hmm. now you're seeing that, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's hitting that mark. And the fact that he's able to play at that level, I mean, we what, we scored 127 points collectively. You know, from the field, we averaged 51 points for the, or 51%. We shot from the field. We had 48% from three-point line. I mean, we were just scoring off the off the marks. Who is that team? Um <laughs> Right. Defensive that's... defensive rebounds. We out rebound the team forty to thirty three, um, and that's just defensive rebounds. And the Magic just together. The way that we're playing is is just amazing right now. So a couple episodes ago, I would say maybe two episodes ago, I spoke about how it is possible, and it was a little funny because during the Suns game, I think it was uh, Jeff Turner brought it up, but it might just be that Evan is entering his prime, and this might be what you're going to get consistently from him. I know there's the argument that he's in a contract year. He's going to play out of his mind because he wants, you know, money come the end of the season. Uh, but I, I think it's more so than him putting the ball through the basket. If you look at him, his his character, his, his calmness, uh, there's just something different about Evan. It feels like he's not rushed. He's not frazzled. He's kind of in the moment and he feels comfortable. Um, and I think that's the scariest part of Evan's production, not just the amount of points he's putting out. And I think out of all the players on our roster, Evan has by far like the most attitude. He yes. is our he is yeah. our cockiest player, and I don't mind it. We need that type of player. We need someone that has that that mentality. And you know, he's he's leading us through um, these games without having Nikola Vucevic. Now the question is, is he is it really that he's hitting his prime, or is it now that we're in a system where we're we're pushing the ball more and we're not slowing the ball because we have him? We're moving ball. the ball, hundred percent. We're getting up and down the court. He works best in transition. Mm-hmm. For Every sure. European player that's come to the NBA works best when the offense is working through their hands at some point in time, and when they're moving up and down the court, and he gets the ball, he doesn't have to feel the pressure creating a shot for himself. He's getting himself open. He's getting good looks. And um, and he can kick it out and he trusts his teammates. I mean that that, that chemistry is vital. Yeah. yeah, I was I was actually just a quick point, but I was talking with my girlfriend the other day after watching the Wizards game, and I said um, between Markel, Ji, and Evan, when they're playing in transition, I love that game. Like I understand Ag and Mo Bamba and all of these guys that the fans love, but when I when I watch the game, those are the three guys that have like an attack mindset and right. are always looking to score regardless of what the situation is. Yeah. So um, yesterday we also took on the, the Phoenix Suns and yesterday's game was 128 to 114. It's another game that we hit in the 120 range. So last night's game, Gordon, um, Eric Gordon goes off for 32 points. Terrence Ross, 22 points from the bench. Evan Fournier, 21. Mo Bamba had a double-double with 10 points and 11 rebounds. This could easily be the best game of the season, both offensively and defensively. Wait, what did you see in last night's game that you liked? It was a track meet. I mean, it really was. <laughs> it was. And, and I think Gordon played out of his mind for the fact that he knows those guys. Being from – he played college in Arizona. Being from California, he knows those players, and he knows he, he's familiar with their system as well. But when when Eric can get up down the court, he can uh, when he can move freely throughout uh, their um, through through their offense, it, it creates space for him. He's he's making that that power magic happen. Yeah, I mean, for me, AG, I think it it was one of those situations where 
he was playing the position that he's meant to play, which is probably most important. And he was able to be the fourth option on offense because he was because the team wasn't looking for him to be a primary scorer. It allowed him kind of like less pressure, a less pressure filled situation where he could kind of just play freely and have fun. Uh, and it was one of those games where it it felt like for the first time in a long time, Aaron Gordon was having fun while he was playing. My take on that is he, he was just attacking last <clears throat> night. Anytime he had a chance to go to the basket and attack the, the smaller player, the, the weaker player, yeah. he took it. He just put his head down, drove to the basket, pump fake. He was wide open, layup or dunk. And he did that consistently. You mentioned earlier when we were talking before we started recording, he missed a couple of threes at one point mm-hmm. badly. He decided the backboard, airballed another one. He kept on shooting. Yeah. And those actually were the only two misses of the night for him, those two bad shots. Right. So I like the aggressiveness. He kept looking for his shot, but he primarily drove to the basket, which I think that's the key for him. Get easy baskets, that'll get his confidence up, that'll turn him into a solid player, uh, or, or he'll have a good night because of that. Yeah, and ideally, you want Aaron Gordon to run. When Aaron Gordon is running in the open court, that's his best basketball. For sure. When he can jump up for alley-oops, you know, when he can kind of lead the fast break and get those dunks or layups in open space, that's the Aaron Gordon we want to see, and that's what we saw last night. Well, that's the magic we want to see. That's well, when the, that's that's the team that uh, can take on take on the best, right, when they're right. attacking like that. And that's the scary thing, I think, from especially from a fan's perspective, is that you get those games where they struggle to put up 85 points and you're like, oh, my God, something has to change. But then you have two, three games where they're putting up 100 plus consistently and they're looking involved and, and, and like they're enjoying each other. And you you get that feeling like, wow, maybe these guys can really do something. Maybe we don't have to trade anyone. Yeah, I, I you know, trade and all that stuff always comes up and it's so easy to say. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, uh Anthony said it earlier. These these guys are pros at what they do. So that getting that chemistry going, but this was a game that they had to win. It's a losing record team that we need to win those and defend our, our home court. And I think that's the biggest thing for us is taking advantage of the teams that you know 100% that you're supposed to be, that you're better than them on paper. And last night, we we literally beat the Suns in every category. Field goal percentage, three-point percentage, free throws, rebounds, um, steals, um turnovers we even beat them in <laughs> <That's about laughs> so so the fact that we we protect one we protect the home court and then we took care of business beat the teams that you're supposed and to be the right, suns so. had a had a moment in the first quarter where oh, they, they couldn't be well. stopped they and they well. were just splashing on every shot they took and for that first quarter it felt like oh man the magic are gonna let it go again yeah they were down 12 at one point and yeah. then something switched halfway through the second quarter they just looked like a totally different but team. that that fight that they showed is exactly what they showed la- at the end of last season when they went on that what 22 but and even at washington actually run. at washington we took an 18 point lead we lost it within two minutes in the third quarter we yeah. went from 18 up to down one and within minutes we're back up again to 12 right. that's exactly what i thought about we look like last year's team. I feel like I need to find out what exactly is said during the halftime that makes us like so <laughs> ineffective, like out Ooh. of um, or going into the third quarter. Because I feel like that's just a that's been a constant struggle for us for a little while. It has. You know, yesterday we did all right, but consistently we just we end up playing bad in the beginning of the third until we start rolling. Right. All right. So let's get into the juice. So um, obviously the magic right now we're we're on a three game winning streak. We're doing well. And because of that, you can really start to see the impacts of fan viewership, right? So right now, the Orlando Magic uh, ratings on Fox Sports are up 125%, which is, 
What do you think is the reason for that, other than the obvious three-game winning streak? I'll say it, man. I think it's the the youth. I think it's Jonathan Isaac. I think it's Markel Fultz, particularly Markel Fultz. Um, it's a new era in Orlando right now. You can see it developing. Maybe we're not there yet, but it's it's fun to go to games, man. Like you, you even watch it on TV when they play on the road. It's fun to watch him right now. You know that you're going to get something different every night. With the score and going off like he did. Fournier is not old. He's still part of the young young movement. He's going off right now. So I think people are just excited about the youth movement in Orlando. Um, I think Vucevic going out actually helped that. Because now we're actually seeing Markel unleashed on offense. He's averaging now 15, 16, 17 points a game. So I think that's playing a big factor. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, obviously, the, the youth. But it's what the youth brings. I think the most watched teams are always the teams that get out in space and play fast and run. Those are the teams you want to watch. Those are the, the games the that are exciting. Right. Um, you know, kind of like that, that for example, grit and grind Memphis style of play of old. That's not what people want to see now no. because so much of the league is based around athleticism. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that is contributing to the 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 higher viewership is just the speed and athleticism that Orlando has at this moment. I would agree with you because I feel Nikola Vucevic reminds me a lot of the San Antonio play, mm-hmm. the really the half court um, game that it does slow the game down a little bit. And you know we definitely want to uh, fan, just fans in general they're looking for the fast breaks, they're looking for the big play, they're looking for mm-hmm. the the na 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 na. And I feel like <laughs> there's been like more of that from from the young team. I mean Markel Folds has hit it already a couple of times. Aaron Gordon the same thing. Jonathan Isaac, you know we're seeing more marketing from that as well. Um, what, what do you think about what do you think it's is causing our our increase in viewership? It, the energy, obviously. Um, I, I think having the New Jersey and a, and a Disney logo on it, yeah, and the New is not a bad well. thing to help us sure. out. Yeah, that's um, true. I, I think having the Markel story is being incredible, but more importantly, like if you look at the fan base and what Orlando is quickly becoming, you know, people are staying here. Usually, in, in the past, young couples would start living in Orlando they start a family but their family's not here so they move back home to help raise their children and and find better better wage jobs basically but now you're seeing people stay you're seeing people get behind the team and and that energy's alive you got UCF selling out their stadium and people want to get behind the team and cheer it on I mean Orlando City games they we're a city now we're on the we're on the map that that's a really good point because it kind of feels like now people are embracing like this is my team this is my yeah. city's team so we support it you know and like for example I, I used to live in seattle right in seattle the seahawks are the culture you cannot go anywhere in like that washington area even in or parts of oregon and not see seattle like seahawk flags them being represented in restaurants and things like that um like even for example starbucks would make drinks specific to the seattle area for this like about the seahawks so it's just when you when you have a team that is performing well right and there's a story to get behind it's it just becomes ingrained to the to the fabric of of the culture there and i think that's what's happening with with the magic and i think a lot of that stems from last year making the playoffs now there's expectations but you also have a lot of players on our team that as we said before they're exciting to watch um, now, 
as our viewership locally has gone up, something that I wish would go up is also the viewership outside of Orlando, <laughs> which has been a big issue because there's been a lot of different podcasts um, that nationally that, you know, when they talk about the magic, you can instantly know that man, they don't they don't watch this. Team They're not play. watching. For example, in a recent tweet from Adam Papa Giorgio, he uh, mentions that um, a podcast with Windhorse and Royce Young where they say that the magic need point guard help. Um, Jonathan uh, underscore prime on Twitter also says that in a different podcast with Nate Duncan and Danny Lurox, um, where they say that the magic need an upgrade from faults and that Amino is a better offensive player than MCW and Awandu. So is it clearly, you know, instances where, you know, the outside media, they don't watch this team play. They don't know exactly what it is that they need. They're going based on what's written on paper. What's written on pa- on paper is that you know a player like Aminu was a starter in Portland. He's on the bench in Orlando, and he's just instantly better than players like MCW and Awandu, who are, in my opinion, way better offensive players than Aminu. So, what do you guys think? Wait, you think that MCW and who else? And Awandu are better offensive players than Alfaruk Aminu. Yes. Okay. Um. So I completely disagree. MCW cannot score. Like out, outside of getting a steal and being in open court for a layup or a dunk, he can't shoot the three ball with the exception of one every, I don't know how many. Uh, and a one who hasn't even played big enough minutes this season to be considered a, co- a contributor in offense. Aminu, while being in Orlando has struggled offensively and that's probably due to the lack of minutes that he's had in the rotation but has shown when he has played val- you know significant minutes that he is still a scorer that uh can help a team win. So I completely disagree with you. So my my question to you for uh Justin is who has a better shot? Aminu or Awandu? Who has a bet like form wise? Three, three point shot if you're betting your life against it, who do you think will make the shot first? Awandu or Aminu? Aminu. Seriously. Yes. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm not going based off of form. I'm going based off reality. Aminu has proven that he can hit those shots. Awandu has not played long enough, which means that if we were in a situation where my life depended on it, that means it would be fresh. It would be too much (laughs) pressure for Awandu. I would give the ball in a high pressure situation. I would give the ball to Aminu nine times out of ten over a one do and MCW. Wait, MCW wait, wait, wait. wouldn't even be in the conversation. Wait, I think you guys are forgetting the point here, though. The, the point here is this so-called experts are saying the Magic need point guy help. We're not going to go anywhere with this Amino debate. <laughs> Amino has been garbage <laughs> in Orlando. We know that. Amino in Portland and before, yes. But let's, let's move on. All I'm saying is if we're on a boat and we are <laughs> <This> ash, <laughs> me and you are on a boat in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and one person has to be thrown off. Uh-huh. And the decision factor is the first one to make a shot between Aminu and Awandu. You're getting thrown off that boat. No. You, yo, okay. you, you are drowning. You better hope you Aminu, clear on you. Aminu, if you listen you to this, quit? please hit those shots. Wait, break, break us off. We need to know who, so, who's going to so win this debate. I haven't seen uh, Aminu enough in our system to, to make the call, but I see him having confidence when he gets the shot. He's putting it up there. Whereas a Wandu, when he touches the ball, he wants to get rid of it as soon as he gets it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he feels comfortable just being a primary scorer, or even scoring at all. He's like, he gets the ball and he's immediately looking to get rid of, get rid of the ball. And that's probably just due to the situations that they've been in since he's been with the team. Yeah, yeah. 
But again, I'll go back to the main point, guys, which is what these people are saying. I think what we have right now is the best point guard rotation we've had. I don't even know since when. Jameer Nelson and who? Yeah. It's That's it, right? So for these experts to say that the Magic need point guard help or that we need an upgrade for Markel Fultz, what are they watching? Because I don't know about you guys. I'm going to games and I'm super excited to watch Markel play. He's average. He scored 10 points or more in 10 straight games. He only did that twice for Philly. So what are we talking about here? We have a point guard that's developing, 21 years old. It's playing well in our, in our system. Why would we need an upgrade from that? Well, what point guard is out there? I mean, I mean, you're seeing Markel attack. You're seeing him grow. They have a point. There's a point that, yes, could we upgrade in a point guard position? We've been saying that since Ray for Austin left, right? So, of, of course, and to have a scoring point guard out there that's creating is, is, is pretty rare. You know, there's not too many of them out there right now. And honestly, from, from a player that, you know, has been said that has the yipes, can't shoot, his shooting form is bad. I mean, obviously, there's some struggles from the three-point line. Um, but from his field goal percentage, mid-range, it's 49.8. He's making half of his shots. He's a player that can create his own shot. He can hit the mid-range jumper. He can penetrate. Uh, we've been waiting for a point guard like that. Markel Fultz is our best, the best point guard that we've had since the Jameer Nelson. Jameer Nelson, yeah. Yeah. 100%, without a doubt. And I am more than comfortable than giving him the keys and taking over our future franchise. Markel finishes at the rim. He that's the, really that's well. the key. He finishes. And he doesn't just finish easy layups. It's not like they're, no. they're all fast break. The... The creativity that this kid has when he's finishing at the rim is insane. It the, is. the stuff that he just puts up there, it, his his um, his penetration, how he finishes, it, it's almost as if the rim has a magnet. It's insane. And it's something that um, if you're really watching this team, you know 100% that there's, there's, no, there's no such thing as an upgrade from Markel Fultz for us right now, especially with the team that we have. Exactly. Um, but let, let's jump into um, pass or shoot. So... Obviously, there's been an increase with with the offense that we've been playing. You have really um, high averages now from the Evan Fournier's. Jonathan Isaac is more in rhythm. You can see Markel Fultz scoring more. So everyone's been really picking up the pace offensively. Are the Magic offensive struggles finally over? Pass. I'm going to shoot on that. Pass. I'm going on a pass. Reason why, we know this Magic. Uh, Personnel-wise, nothing has changed, right? It's the same roster as last year. What's going to happen with this roster? We're going to go hot streaks. We're going to go cold streaks. Just like Terrence Ross. We're literally the living version of Terrence Ross. So, yeah, shots are going down right now. It feels amazing. We're having fun. But we know that drought is coming when shots are not going to go down, uh, when Fournier will struggle a little bit, when Ross will struggle a little bit, DJ can't hit his threes. And if our threes are not going down, our offense will suffer. We'll be averaging 80 points a game again. Um, so this is a good stretch. I fully expect also struggle again in the near future. And that's why we need a scoring threat. We've been needing that force for years. So the reason, and I, I agree with most of the points that you made, but the reason I'm going to shoot on it is because there's one factor that's different than what we've had for the last couple of years, and that's Markel. And the longer that Markel plays, the longer his minutes are in Cliff's rotation, which allows him to get into rhythm. Uh, and you can see, without being a basketball expert, with just watching your TV or being at a game, you can see that when Markel is playing, he pushes the pace uh, and he gets others involved. And I think that's that's 
why the why in my opinion the offensive struggles are gonna uh, kind of finish uh, not permanently I mean every team goes through stages where they struggle offensively but I think Markel does a really good job at getting everyone set where they need to be and where they're best at and I think we didn't see that with DJ so because of that I'm gonna shoot but we won't know for sure but I think a, a really good indicator of what our offense will be is this coming week um, when we play L.A. Lakers, when we play the Rockets. So I'm glad you said that. Justin, you don't think that our offensive went up for the simple fact that we played against the Warriors, the Wizards, and the Suns? We're going to see the same consistency against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The To me, these aren't high-level teams that we shouldn't be scoring that amount. The, these aren't great defenses. So you don't think that that has a part to play? And then once we start playing the Bucks, the Lakers, and the Rockets, that's going to change? Uh. I don't because when we played other teams, I don't know. I felt like other teams that were probably better than the ones that we just played. We still had close games against. Um, and if you look at those games, those those were games where Markel had some type of uh, impact on the game. Not necessarily points scored, but assists. Uh, and I think because of that and, and the pace of play for those games, I don't know. I just feel like it, it, those, although we lost those games in close fashion, I think it's an indicator, a predictor of uh, what the offense is going to look like when Markel is full-time point guard. I think long-term, uh, this will help with any struggles we have. But my concern is with Jonathan Isaac's jump shot. His three-point shot is, is not consistent. I like, go, please make it. Yes, Um but, uh, again, we haven't been truly tested against a championship-level team. Um, we haven't played against anyone that has a true inside presence. And the next two weeks, I mean, it's not just next week, but right behind that it's we brutal. have the Jazz, the Nuggets, Portland. I mean, so the next two weeks, like December is going to be tough for the Magic, which is a great thing because after All-Star break, there's an opportunity to get, gain some real, real traction. And right going into All-Star break, we have an opportunity yep. there too. I think a really good marker to really see if you know our offensive struggles are are over is going to be against the Laker game uh, against the Lakers because right now they're second in the NBA in defense. So if you if you're able to score over a hundred points um, against a really good defensive team like the Lakers, I think we can use that as a marker to see if there's really a difference. Um, so some of my concerns and the reason why I pass is. I, I'm not sold yet that Evan Fournier is still able to play at that level the whole entire season. And the only reason why I don't think that he can isn't because of um, him as a player. I just think it's him as a player with Nikola Vucevic in the lineup. I think that that's going to be the biggest challenge um, because we are so athletic. We are so long that the best ways to um, to utilize that as our strengths is in the run game. And how do you do that with Nikola Vucevic back in the lineup? That, those are my biggest concerns for it. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see when when Vuce comes back. Uh, do I think that Vuce can absolutely not adjust and can't get out and run a little bit? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say there is absolutely zero way that Vuce can readjust his game at 29 years old. Because we've seen it. When we thought he couldn't shoot threes, he made that a huge part of his game. So he's he's a player that has shown in the past that he can readapt, readjust, and, you know, change his game. And if, if the team works best in transition, I think Vooch can work on furthering developing that. Because he has, right? If we look at Vooch, you know, three, four, five years ago, he didn't move at all. 
Like Vooch was super stagnant. And now you see him like out on break. He's not the fastest guy on the team, but he shuffles his feet a lot faster than he used to. So that this actually leads us perfectly to our next pass or shoot topic. So are the Orlando Magic, Fournier specifically, are they better without Nikola Vucevic? Shoot. Pass. I'm shoot. I'm passing. Why do you shoot? I'm passing. There you go. That's smart thinking, Wit. You got some weight on you, Wit. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm shooting because for the short term, I don't think they'll necessarily be better without him long term. I think in the short term they are uh, because it, it kind of showed – the magic that they can play without Vooch and it allowed other players offensive games to develop. I think there was like for for a long time this dependence on Vucevic to score when things were coming down the stretch or a game was tight or there wasn't much movement, the ball always found its way to Vooch, which is partly why that two-man game between Fournier, Fournier and uh and Vooch was so like prevalent. Uh but I think now that other guys are confident I think that that'll change a little bit. I think I find I have a I'm having a tough time thinking of it just just because as a team where you're playing against your Orlando Magic, right? Your your scouting report says when Nicola's in the game that he's the guy that you have to stop. You're not thinking about anyone else. Sure, you're you're concerned with the defensive abilities from Jonathan Isaac and Fournier can score, but your main focus is to, is to stop your the best player, which is Nikola Vucevic, our All Star. Now with him being out. You there's obviously room for other people to improve and score and take advantage of that, which Evan Fournier is doing. I just don't see us being able to still play at that level and at that pace against the better teams, the higher ups of the teams of the the Lakers, the Bucks, those teams. When you have a player like you know Nikola Vucevic, when they're in, they're also worried about them. Anyone else that uh, that contributes is a bonus, is a plus for us. What I will say is. With with the way the guys have played in the recent stretch, if teams are solely focusing their scouting report on Vooch, they're going to get torched by Ross, by Fournier. Markel is confident. If DJ continues to play at the two guard the way he's shooting. So I, I think it, it has made other guys better. And I think uh, reintegrating Vooch into that system is going to make them better. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just don't see them all regressing because Vucevic came back. It does. It doesn't really sound like something that would happen. All right, so let's jump into our next segment. Get off your chest. This is an opportunity for us to be able to give the voice to the fans, where they're able to share out their frustrations, their happiness, any one of their feelings from the Orlando Magic. So the first one's coming directly from the Orlando Magic Reddit, um, where we all need hope says, I feel like we're kind of the same bipolar team as always. But lately, we must have been taking our meds. Meds is a medication. <laughs> so we've been taking our medications. We're feeling better, and that's why we're playing well. What do you guys think? Uh, We all need hope is... Very I, ho- very hopeful. Very hopeful. See what but I, <laughs> I, think, I think he or she makes a valid point. Uh, We've always kind of been a bipolar team that has these stretches that you know, makes you feel like they could make a run in the playoffs, and then all of a sudden they they're like a the fifteenth team in the in the East. Um, but I don't know. I I feel like yes, it does feel like they've been taking their meds recently, like like they said. Uh, but I think that's gonna continue to be the case. I think the meds for us is just hitting shots. Yeah. When those shots go in, man, like it feels like you just took an Advil with a with a migraine. Like you just feel better, right? Yeah. So I think. When I first read that comment on Reddit, I, I smiled because one of my games, my wife always says that this team is so bipolar and she's not a basketball fan. She's not, she watches games, 
But the fact that that was this person's thought, I just I just laughed. But it's true. This team can have really good stretches, really bad stretches, and we can watch that within one game again. Mm-hmm. Washington all over again, up eighteen, down one in three minutes, and then back up to sixteen again. So it's just the build of the team, it's the DNA of this team. I don't know how we can improve that, but yeah, I think that lately the Mets, meaning shots going down, has truly helped us. Could that be the schedule? For it sure. could very well be For the schedule. For sure. We'll find out over the next two weeks, right? So, I mean, it could be a schedule. I think I think some of it, too, is like people want to see their teams win and win and win and win. So those teams that are like the Golden States and even the old uh, team down south, I'm not going to even say their name, <laughs> had all those wins. You know, that's a spectacular story, and that's what people want. But the NBA and uh, the Orlando Magic season is a long season, and these are young players still still learning and growing. It takes patience. I think bipolar is is by far the best example to um, to connect with this team, just because there there has been the lows, the highs already in such a young early season. There's consistency is the issue, and the consistency is really our offense, right? The minute that you're you're right, Al, the minute that we start hitting our shots, it does feel like an Advil. So we said that's what I said. Advil, <laughs> Tylenol. Anyways, let's jump into our, <laughs> the next get off your chest. So this one comes from, oh man, I apologize for saying this, if I say it incorrectly, but from the Orlando Magic fan group on Facebook, Hui Tin, who says, how do we mix the way we are playing today with the return of Vooch without sacrificing progression? You want to take the honors with um, the sacrificing, it, it, that's about maturity to me, right? Mm-hmm. So how is the team maturing? Um, it, how are the players reacting to what the, they're given in front of them? Um, how the coaches reacting to the, the offenses of the other team? So, you know, when, when we're looking at uh, the return of Vuge without sacrifice and progression, you, you got to think about, you know, what the team has been doing and is he adding to that, Right. So, or is he taking that away? And if he is, we need. How do we adjust that? And how do we get him to be involved in in the progression forward? I think yeah. the only. Yeah, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but the only way to really find out because there's no way of knowing until you put him out on the floor and just figure out what it is that you have. Mm-hmm. We just have to hopefully have Evan Fournier that can still play at his level of him being able to push the ball and penetrate, hit his shots, because he he is hitting his shots consistently, still being able to do that with Nikola Vucevic on the floor. Nikola is a really big body. Yeah. Like he's a massive body that, you know, he, he can easily grab rebounds with pushing people out of the way. And to me, he's a very soft player. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that he's a very finesse player. And, yes, and yeah. his size allows him to do so much more with this team. So um, I, I think the, the only way that we find out, you put him in there, you see what you have, and then kind of hope that our players are still able to play as if you know we're still losing somebody with Nikola Vucevic on the floor. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, a lot of it also has to do with Vuce having a conversation with himself. Uh, I think Vuce has to kind of look at himself and say, I have been the best player on this team for a while now. But if we're going to win, and I, I'm not talking about win a couple games here and there, I mean long-term win, I think Vooch cannot be the best player on our team. There, There isn't a team, at least that I could think of, maybe with the exception, not even the Lakers because LeBron is the best player on that team, where the center is the best player on the team and no one else is at the center's level. The Nuggets? Nikola Jokic? Yeah, but Jamal Murray, Minnesota, Jam- 
Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah but know. even those teams have guards who play at the same level of the center. You don't have a situation where the center is dropping 20 points, 22 points, maybe like 10 rebounds, and the guards are dropping eight points. Like, that that doesn't happen. And when, when Fournier and, and Vooch play, Fournier, with the exception of this season, because it, it was an outlier, is usually not as good as Vooch. I agree. Opinion. I agree with you just because in today's NBA, it is considered unorthodox for your center to be your best player. Right. So I, I, I can see that because today's NBA, everything's about pushing the ball. It's small ball. It's it's getting to the rim as fast as you can. So I, I can so see you guys that. are making my point, which will be my point in a few seconds, which is what we have to do is simply integrate Vucevic to what we're doing, not run the offense necessarily through him. We know we're better with running through him. That's great when we are struggling to score. Let's lower down, go to Vooch. But we should play our game the way we're playing it right now and let Vooch be that trail man that can hit a three if he's open, be that pick-and-roll guy. I don't think he necessarily has to be let's post up Vooch and let's let him create from the, from the post, which he's great at. But again, that's then hurting Isaac, Gordon, Faults, Fournier. Let's get a rebound, let's run, let Vucevic catch up. That's but my take on him that. scoring on the inside opens up your three-point shooters. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. if if they're not making it from the outside, you know they're gonna let let Vooch do his thing exactly. on the inside. But uh, if our shooters aren't making shots, go inside. How many of our guys are actual catch and shoot three point shooters though? Exactly. Exactly. That's why Isaac scares me. Yeah. 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 I I think Fournier can hit the three. Uh, Ji can sometimes hit the three. Ross is the only guy who is like a pure catch and shoot guy, yeah, right? Right. Because even Fournier, when he when you pass it to him, he always has that need to take one dribble one before dribble. he shoots. So it, it's just we don't we don't have a team that I, I can feel comfortable saying let Vooch kind of play in the paint and kind of kick out. It we've seen it and it, it doesn't work. Doesn't work. No, it turns into a high pick and roll. Yeah. All right, so let's get into our our last get off your chest. This one comes from Cameron Parker 100 on Instagram through Orlando Magic HQ, where he gives us a list of get off your chest. He didn't just have one thing to say. He had a, he had a list. All right, so we'll we'll go through the list with Cameron. Cameron says number one, DJ isn't sucking anymore. Yay! I didn't add the yay, Cameron. <laughs> Second thing, Bamba is starting to show signs of great potential finally, and is actually using effort. Number three, Fournier is playing like, does that say all-star? Yeah, it yes, all-star. it does. And, yeah, and, yeah. and all-star, I think yeah, is what it says. That's what it says. Fournier is playing like an all-star. <laughs> okay. Number four, AG <laughs> is starting to play a bit more consistent. Five, just Markel Fultz. I like that. Markel Fultz, that's it. That's it. In caps. And then number six, the torch is lit with T-Ross. So the two points I like the most out of, the, out of that list, a lot of good points there. For me, Mo Bamba, playing with aggressiveness. Awesome. The last six games for Mo Bamba, 8.3 points a game, 7.3 rebounds, two blocks a game. The best part, shooting 57% from the field, 61% from three-point range. So when he can play like that, that bench is just incredibly better because of him. Second part of that, which I like the most, is, again, Terrence Ross being the torch again, hitting shots left and right, being consistent with it. One thing I'm noticing this season more than last season is he's going to the basket. And not only if he can't finish – Finding the open guy. Yeah. So those two tweaks to our, our bench have been great. And I think that has led to our recent recent search in offense. 
I think the biggest thing for me is DJ isn't sucking anymore. I don't I don't think I think people underestimate how important the two players of DJ Augustine and Terrence Ross is to this team's success. I was really excited to uh, to in- integrate Mark Hill into our starting lineup for the simple fact that once you add DJ to our second string, you immediately make our the second string a lot stronger. The problem is is that if he's not playing well, then it hurts our second string. So the fact that he's starting to play more consistent, um, more consistently better, um, the fact that he his shot is better, the fact that he's able to move the ball. I mean, 24 points from the bench is a really big deal. The fact that, you know, you have a player like DJ at your disposal that it's and plays well, I think it's really important to our team's success. Yeah, I, I agree with, with that. I think when a when a player isn't the the, the defense's primary concern, uh, like DJ Augustine, it's important for him to hit those shots like he has been because those are points that you, you're not really expecting when you calculate the total. You know, when you think of how many points are we going to put up today, you don't expect DJ Augustine, for example, to give you 24 points. So those 24 points are extra to whatever it is that your regular guys are going to contribute. So I would think uh, from Cameron Parker 100, that, that was probably his uh, his best point. All really good stuff from social media world. Thank you, everyone, for participating and adding your get it off your chest. Um, but let's jump into the week ahead. So um, obviously this week ahead, we have some really good teams that we're playing up against, right? Um, the very first one um, that we play against is Friday against Cleveland. Um, Monday, we play against Milwaukee. Wednesday versus Lakers. Friday versus Houston. <coughs> Not that I'm keeping track. I am keeping track. But I want to say on our last <laughs> podcast, I did say that we were going to go 4-0. No. I did say it. Confirmations you did. for everyone. All right. So, um, <laughs> so for the this week ahead, we are listing the Lakers as the game of the week. So, what do we have versus the Lakers? What do you think? How, how oh. do you think we're going to do? Well, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a real tough one. It Dwight's sounds, back in Orlando. It sounds like you're going for win. I can feel it. Way you're going for the W. You know what? I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'll go for the win. Yes, there we go. There we go. That's like that's it. that's the fan of me going. We're gonna win this game, and and let's get behind our magic and cheer them on at the arena. Because if you're gonna be there, Oof. they need to hear you, right? There'll be a lot of fake Laker fans out there. Oh yeah. my, gosh. a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, but that, you know what? Whatever. We need to be the voice, not not them. That's right. So if we're if we're behind the team, we're gonna give them that energy, that six man energy that that the team needs. So you got to win for next week. I got to win. No. Oh, that's a tough one. So I just want to win two games next week out of the next four that we play. If we can win two out of those four, we'll be just one game under five hundred. Next week for me is one of the toughest weeks we have all year. Um, so again, you said Milwaukee, Houston, the Lakers. I'm torn here because I do want to see us beat LeBron. I hate LeBron James. You guys know that. Um, so <laughs> he doesn't will, play well in Orlando. I will let the fan in me come out again and say the Lakers <coughs> will lose that game. So magic win. Yeah, it's a good thing you guys don't play fantasy football, <laughs> right? <laughs> or bet. Yeah, right. Right. Listen, um, uh, I'm being realistic. As much as I. As much as I'm, do I would it. definitely root for our guys. Do not having Nikola Vucevic <laughs> is is hurting my soul to play against uh, a big team like the Lakers. I'm going with the with the Magic loss against the Lakers. Just being realistic, their their team is just they're playing so well, and I just don't see us being able to um, one combat the the defense that they're going to be playing just because we struggle so much offensively. But you know they they're pretty good offensively also. So you have to believe that Ji is probably going to have LeBron right. That's going to be his matchup. Uh, I don't know, maybe. 
I would see AG as a better matchup Definitely. than LeBron. Because yeah. I guess in my mind, I was thinking J.I. is the better defender, Absolutely. right? He Not has against a, that physical of a player, though. That right. So that was that was the point that I, I was yeah, going to get. Strength wise, it might be. So the the strength more. factor is probably an issue, but when it comes to decision making, I think Ji, although LeBron is stronger, can still kind of present an issue just because he can see things coming before they come. But at the same time, it is LeBron, and LeBron is a beast. So that and that's the tough part about the Lakers. So let's say that we do put Jonathan Isaac on LeBron. Who do you play, Anthony Davis? That's the issue. So Anthony Davis is weird because he's fast. He can shoot. He can play in the paint. He literally can do everything. If you're gonna stop him in the paint, you need somebody who's physical, right? I don't think Vucevic would have been able to do that whether he was playing or not. And Mobamba's way too small, and his defensive awareness is an issue. So I, I, I think Ken Birch, although he's not going to stop Anthony Davis, I think the the physical factor can impact the game a little bit. The way we stop Anthony Davis is get him in foul trouble. If we attack mm-hmm. and we start getting calls down low, as Markel keeps finishing, he'll start getting calls. Get Anthony Davis in trouble, we'll be we will have a shot. Right. So that that's probably the best option. Um, but I also think Anthony Davis is very smart defensively. He's incredible. And he's not one of those guys that typically gets into foul trouble. So I don't know, especially just because of how young Markel is and, you know, his his experience playing those big-time guys isn't there. So I don't think he's going to have that, like, killer instinct that you saw in, in Washington and things like that. But I am, and this is probably going to be a hot take, but I think this is the week where Orlando shows – uh, that they're they're past their their offensive struggles, um, and I, I I think they they're gonna win against the Bucks, Lakers, and and the. So Rockets. just just so you guys know, so you're I, going I, with, with a win against all three of them. Yeah, I think this week Ooh. this is gonna be an oh, undefeated wait, week for Man, us. Just I, so you know, me and you are tied for the lo- the not getting the losers reward. If you're wrong, <laughs> I take the lead on it. I know, I know, I and and I know it sounds crazy, but I I do think. Um, that Orlando is gonna is gonna pull it out. Just I'm glad you don't play fantasy football either. I so do play so, fantasy wait, wait, football, so so and I'm winning. Know. By the way, just so you did guys you, know, did you draft all Seahawks players? Nah, <laughs> I'm a Giants fan actually. Anthony, just so you know, so I I texted the group right now. Everyone predicted a win except for you. I guess I'm the only one. So man, oh man, you, you, know, you know what's crazy is that I'm gonna root that I am wrong. I am definitely ruining that I'm wrong. Me because, too. Because, so <laughs> listen, you had mentioned that you would put Ken Birch on Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. But we're we're looking at a starting lineup of LeBron. You have Anthony Davis. And that's just a power forward. You still got a center to worry about. Dwight Howard is balling out. Yeah, you don't think that true. Dwight Howard isn't going to want to show out against Orlando? That's that's a good point. And but, Frank is back too, coach. Uh, oh, that's the fir- first time he plays against the yeah, Magic. That's true. Oh, we yeah. gotta win first that game. Time. We gotta win. We gotta win that game. I think. I think uh, me saying Birch on AD is not the best case scenario. But the point is that there isn't a best case scenario. The Lakers are so stacked. Like at the, at that those three positions, you just can't stop them. It's about limiting and making making it as difficult as your team possibly can. And outside of Ken Birch, we don't have a center physical enough to put a body on on AD. I don't know. It, it's going to be tough, but I, I think we pull it out. I think it's going to definitely be a game where we, we up our level of play because of the team that we're playing against. Right. I think that we are going to play really well. I'm expecting a big game from Markel Fultz. 
I think that him taking on a a team like the Lakers, where there's a lot of high names like the Anthony Davis or Bron, I think he's going to ball out. With that being said, the game against Cleveland is going to be a massive deal for us. If we are able to win that game, that puts us at 500, and then we have the tough week. Um, I agree with you, Justin. Where if we are able to at least win one or two of those games, you're putting a that's a statement win that this team is for real. The teams that we're playing against, they're going to be very difficult teams. They're going to be difficult matchups. So it's if we can steal one away, I think it would be a big deal for our team confidence-wise. And then record-wise, it's going to be huge for us. All right, boys. So let's wrap this up. What are your final thoughts? Just give me two wins. That's all I want to see this week. Give me two, two wins. wins. Give me a Cleveland win for sure tomorrow. Give me four in a row. Give me a 500 record before the crazy week ahead. Um, and then just give me a win against Milwaukee, the Lakers. Hopefully the Lakers. I want to be right. Um Whoever, I just want to see two wins next week. I want to see us maintain that 500 mark by the time that Vooch is back. Uh, we'd be close to that. Not, you know, eight games below 500, something crazy like that. So let's maintain the momentum going. Let's win two games and keep that eighth seed at least for now uh, locked up. I think all summer we continually heard about how good the Magic were, how good they're going to be, how much effort, how much work they put in, AG uh, being, you know, one of the one of the stars at the Mamba Academy um, the work that J.I. was putting in with T-Mac, Terrence Ross talking about his, you know, his shots and uh, working on his dribble and all of these things. I think it's time to show that. I think if you if all of this conversation that uh, we were having and the national media was having about Orlando being a top five uh, seed in the East, I think this is the week where you show that this is the week where you put the league on notice and you say, you know, we started off bad. We started off badly, but this is us. And we're here to stay and we're going to we're going to put up a fight against teams that, you know, in the past would have embarrassed us. No, I, I, I agree. And, and my thing is, let's win this next one. Let's defend our house and let's get to these games and cheer this team on. We must protect this house. Protect this yes, house. Protect um, I, I think for me, Evan Fournier, I've I, I'll be 100 percent honest. I've been one of the most critical on Evan Fournier for the last couple of years and He's had strong games against Golden State, the Wizards, the Suns. I feel a really big game against the Cavs, but these are again low tier teams. Mm-hmm. Show show me that you've you've you're the player that you know you're you're showcasing right now that you can be that All Star caliber. The fight for those debates. Show me you can do that against the Houston's, the Bucks, and the Lakers. So if he puts up a career high against the Lakers, you're on the Fournier train. If he can get a career high against the Lakers, not, not even career high, he can score more than twenty five points. And I will never I won't say another bad thing about Evan Fournier for the rest of the year. No pressure. Wow. It's a no good pressure. thing. There's a good thing there's only three weeks left in <laughs> But you have my word, no bad things for the rest of the year. All right, awesome stuff, guys. Thank you so much for listening. It's a wrap. Peace. Peace, Peace out. Let's go, Magic. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Be sure to visit our website, theozonepod.com, and remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.